Support for KPLU's Artscape comes from CareForce, a local company providing personal and live-in care for seniors and people with chronic illness. The CareForce mission is to help adults remain safely in the comfort of their own homes. CareForce, serving Greater Seattle since 1999. More information at careforce.com. In Northwest News from KPLU, one of the first things you notice about someone when they walk into the room is their hair. How people wear their hair can say a lot about a person's politics, their religion, and even their health. In the latest installment of Artscape, we learn about a photo exhibit in Seattle that focuses on people with only one type of hairstyle, the Afro. The Afro's rebellious roots go back well before the Black Power movement of the 1960s. Today, the halo of high hair is pushing new boundaries when it comes to how we think about beauty. KPLU's Jennifer Wing has a story. The first image you see when you walk into the photo exhibit at the Northwest African American Museum in Seattle is a portrait of a toddler wearing a white onesie. This is Leilani Lewis's favorite picture. And he's smiling so big, he's got his arms crossed and has this wonderful, uh, lovely, kinky, curly hair kind of poking out of his head and he just looks so happy and I think wow it's just it's joy it's a celebration it really is a celebration. Lewis is the museum's marketing director. We're surrounded by large portraits of artists, students, kids, mothers, social workers. They're all sporting some version of an afro. Most of the subjects are black but there are also white people, people from Mexico and even someone from Japan with big poofy hair. It's a light fun exhibit but it it has deeper meaning for people I think. It's celebrating natural beauty and your natural beauty individually and collectively, and uh, that's a powerful message. The photos were taken by Brooklyn-based photographer Michael July and are part of a hefty coffee table book called Afros, A Celebration of Natural Hair. And it's that phrase, a celebration, that hints at the pressure African Americans and other minority groups feel to conform to the standards of white European beauty. It's a message that dates back to slavery. African textured hair was bad, and hair that was closer to European textured hair was good. That's Ayanna Bird. She's the co-author of Hair Story, Untangling the Roots of Black Hair. Bird says Michael July's photography book is the first of its kind. The perception that straight hair is good started on plantations. Bird says slaves that were multiracial as a result of plantation rape had lighter skin and straight hair and were given more opportunities. If you were lighter skinned with straighter hair, you were working in the house as opposed to in the fields, and you might also have had a chance to buy your freedom or buy the freedom of someone in your family. While straight hair stayed the ideal until the 1960s when growing it out into an afro was embraced as a symbol of black power, the idea of using hair as a political statement was actually around decades earlier. Black women's magazines in the early 1900s urged women to stop straightening their hair, a dangerous process back then, if they didn't want a colonized mind. These same feelings are expressed in Michael July's book. Almost every portrait is accompanied by text written by the subject explaining why he or she chooses to wear their hair naturally. Leilani Lewis with the museum reads a passage written by Moira Griffin, a film producer in Canada. After a lifetime of braids, relaxers, nightmare hairdressers, and one failed attempt to have hair like Janet Jackson, I went au naturel. My hair is my statement to the world that I am free of the constraints that bind so many women to follow a trend. When I started getting quotes back from people, it was just so powerful. 
because I didn't realize how passionate people felt about their hair. Photographer Michael July. People would talk about the relationships they had with their parents or being looked found upon or people sometimes making fun of them or just how inspired and how beautiful they felt once they let their natural hair grow out from being um, chemically processed basically all their lives and, and what a liberating um, feeling it was for them. So, but they were right just so powerfully about it that it really, really inspired me even more to continue to do a great book. It's more acceptable than ever for people with curly hair that defies gravity to go chemical-free. Author Ayanna Bird says there is a natural hair renaissance underway. Today, 60% of African-American women relax their hair, which is an all-time low since relaxers have been available. Now all of us, regardless of how we wear our hair, and regardless of what race we are or where we live in the country, can now turn on music videos and see someone like Jill Scott or Erica Badu and see books like the Afro book and recognize what Black people's hair looks like. Bird says it's a shame it's taken hundreds of years to start to embrace the beauty of something that is literally just growing out of someone's head. The exhibit, Afros, a Celebration of Natural Hair, will be in Seattle through September 8th. Oh, and Michael July, the photographer, he doesn't have an afro. He wears his hair in dreadlocks that go down to his waist. Jennifer Wing, KPLU News.